Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Right now, let's uh, let's talk to somebody who I really, I very much in, enjoy my conversations with him. Shail Ben-Ephraim, he's a freelance writer, he's an editor, he lives in Hollywood, he's a liberal Zionist, and uh, we're talking about the resignation of Harvard University President Claudine Gay this morning. Good morning, how are you? Good morning. Tonight over here. I'm doing great. Oh. How are you doing? <laughs> All right. Thank you. What time is it there? It is now 8.56 Okay. Okay. Well, not too bad. Not too bad. But thank you very oh. much. <laughs> what did you think of, of, uh, of Miss Gay's apology? Well, firstly, let's talk um, about her letter of resignation. I mean, was it a genuine, it, you know, letter of resignation or was it I'm being forced he was being forced. She's clearly being forced. Um, the letter of resignation wasn't great. Significantly worse was her op-ed in the New York Times, um, which came out the other day, where she did barely addressed anything to do with anti-Semitism, focused um, completely, almost completely, on the plagiarism uh, accusations and labeled them as a right-wing smear attack. And really, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but to me, when you resign, it shows that you are taking responsibility for your actions. Yes. That, that's not at all what, what I was getting from that op-ed or even from the letter. It seemed like she was being forced. And, uh, yeah, no, the, the apology was not, not sincere. And if she doesn't understand the severity of saying that it's okay to call for the genocide of people who have experienced the worst genocide in history, then, you know, what else is there to say? Why do you think she was given a, an opportunity to resign rather than being fired? Well, uh, there is an environment in the universities that led to what she said. There, she's not, Claudine Gay is not unique in her outlook. I don't think she's no, well, we even saw that. anti-Semitic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she's even anti-Semitic. I think she's the product of a certain approach in American universities whereby you can only be oppressed if you can only uh, experience racism if you're oppressed and Jews are not oppressed. It's a way of looking at the world through a socioeconomic American scale where Jews are at the top or close to the top. Therefore, whatever they experience is, you know, white people problems. It's not really all that big a deal. Meanwhile, people from, you know, other races who are socioeconomically lower on the totem pole, what they experience is, is real oppression. And that's something that um, she genuinely believes and uh, most people in power in the big universities in the United States believe. Gosh, and it's ignorant. I mean, that, that's, that's the irony of this. Is that it is, it's, it's so yeah. ignorant. It's, uh, gosh, okay. So, <laughs> I mean... If, Unfortunately, I mean, she holds now the record, all the record. The, it's the shortest tenure of a Harvard University president in 333 years. That's a terrible yes. mark to have against you. you know, and just not being it able is. to see it, I think it's just, it's just terrible that you're just so blinded. Yeah. Well, that she, one of the reasons that didn't appear in her letter is because she didn't push back against that. She said, I should have been firmer uh, on the issue of genocide. And I think that was actually historically important that she said that. And then the president of, um, of UPenn, Elizabeth McGill, said something similar. It was showing that there are limits to this ideology that I just talked about. And yeah. you, do, you will get pushed back on face consequences if you go too far. I think what's very unfortunate, and we need to pay attention to as Jews, 
um, is what this means for for our relations with African Americans, um, because to them, having a the first president of color in Harvard is a very big deal, and there is a sense of anger in that community that she is being that people are coming after her and removing her from that job. There's a sense that there's racism behind it, and the truth is. People who say that aren't completely wrong because the people who came after her the hardest are very extreme right-wing people who have a racial axe to grind. Um, Elise Stefanik from the House of Representatives from New York and uh, Christopher uh, Rufo, who's a activist against critical race theory, who, you know, his opinions verge on, on open racism sometimes, were very instrumental in getting her removed. So the trouble is in the United States, the atmosphere is so polarized that there is a lot of of hatred behind this removal. The people who who were behind this weren't um, doing this for necessarily for good reasons. Even though us as a, as, a, as a Jewish community might be grateful that it happened. Yeah, so interesting. You know, you've always got such unique insights, and thank you so much. Thank you very, very much. Sure, anytime. <laughs> Shail Ben Ephraim, freelance writer, editor, living in Hollywood. He's a liberal Zionist. And uh, what did you think of his insights? I think it was fascinating.